Inshallah, we hope Allah Ta'ala puts barakah in our time and we complete this hadith today. One motivation for completing it is that uh, Inshallah we'll be traveling uh, again. Uh, so we'll have Inshallah substitute coming and coming in different hadith. But before the journey, I would like to uh, complete this hadith. So next Monday, I will, we will have other ulama, Inshallah. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. So we were at that point where Hiraqal had asked the questions, 11 questions, he got the 11 answers, then finally he asked for the letter to be read. ثُمَّ دَعَى بِكِتَابِ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ أَلَّذِي بَعْثَ بِيَدِحْيَةُ إِلَىٰ عَظِيمِ بُسْرَىٰ Then Hiraqal asked, bring the letter, bring the letter that Rasulullah had sent to him through the governor of Busra by the hands of Dihya al-Kalbi radiallahu anhu. فَدَفَعُهُ إِلَىٰ هِرَقَّلْ Then it was given to Hiraqal, the king. فَإِذَا فِيهِ So it was in it. بِسْمِ اللَّهِ الرَّحْمَنِ الرَّحِيمِ Begin in the name of Allah. The one whose rahmah and mercy is all-inclusive. عَام Rahman And Rahim, the one whose mercy is perfect and complete and full. So if the Rahman is the one whose mercy extends to everything in the creation, uh, and whose mercy, as we said, is Aam, and Rahim is the one whose mercy is Tam, is complete and perfect. So there is no one who can say that their Rahma extends, their mercy extends to all of the creation. It is only the mercy of Allah that extends to everything in the creation. So that is why it is not permissible to have the name Ar-Rahman, or even Rahman. It's only Abdul Rahman and Amatul Rahman. The slave girl of Allah. So, the name Abdullah, of course, is well known. The slave of Allah, but Abdun is the masculine word. Slave, male slave. So, if you have the female equivalent of it, and then it is known as Amatullah, which is a less common name. Far less common than Abdullah. Abdullah and Abdurrahman, etc. are very common names, super common, right? And they are in fact the best names mentioned by Rasulullah in a hadith that Abdullah and Abdurrahman are the best names. But the equivalent on the female side would be Amatullah and Amaturrahman, which we do not find as common. So we can name the daughter Amaturrahman, the son Abdurrahman, but we cannot name, uh, we, uh, we cannot name them just Ar-Rahman. However, when it comes to Rahim, Rahim means the one whose mercy and shafaqah and love is um, focused on one individual even, but perfect for that person. So this is a, a sifa that can be used for other than Allah. So it is possible for individual to be considered Rahim versus Rahman. Rahman is not possible. Rahim can be a name of a person. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself used the word Rahim for other than himself. For ghayr of Allah in the Quran. Because he used this term Rahim describing Rasulullah and Rasulullah is other than Allah, of course. So it proves that the word Rahim can be used other than Allah. لَقَدْ جَاءَكُمْ رَسُولٌ مِّنْ أَنفُسِكُمْ عَزِيزٌ عَلَيْهِ مَا عَنِتُمْ حَرِيصٌ عَلَيْكُمْ بِالْمُؤْمِنِينَ رَوْفٌ رَحِيمٌ So Allah Ta'ala is describing Rasulullah There has indeed come amongst you a messenger. رَسُولٌ مِّنْ أَنفُسِكُمْ عَزِيزٌ عَلَيْهِ مَا عَنِتُمْ It is very difficult for him to see you undergoing any pain. Like the mother, it is more difficult for her to see the baby undergoing pain than herself undergoing pain. So the zalim, tyrant, torturers, 
If they want to hurt a, a mother, instead of physically inflicting pain, they would do on the, na'udhu billah, on the innocent baby. It would cause more pain to the mother than pain, uh, giving her the pain. This is what it means. Azizun alihi ma'anitum. It's very difficult. He cannot tolerate to see you in any pain. Harisun alikum. He wants good for you. So azizun alihi ma'anitum. He doesn't want to see you in pain. And harisun alikum means he wants to see you in enjoyment. So azizun alihi ma'anitum. He doesn't want you to burn in jahannam. And harisun alikum. He wants you to enter jannah. Like the like the the light that is burning. And the moths are going into the fire. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said, And I'm trying my best to grab you by your waist to pull you out. But you are going into the fire. With the believers, he is ra'uf and rahim. Ra'uf from ra'fa, he has muhabba and love. And rahim is so merciful. But despite the above, fa'in they still turn their backs. What are you going to do? SubhanAllah, mercy through and through, love through and through, sarasar, muhabbat, shafqat. Then they still turn their back. Then all you can say is, Allah is sufficient for me. Alayhi tawakkaltu on him I rely. Alayhi tawakkaltu on only him I rely. Because Alayhi comes first. Tawakkaltu alayhi I rely on him. Alayhi tawakkaltu only on him I rely. Alayhi tawakkaltu because the the Ali, he comes first, it means exclusive. Like, na'buduka, we worship you, but iyaka na'budu, only you we worship. Alayka tawakkaltu, on you alone I worship Allah, only only you do I trust. Hu lahasbi Allah, la ilaha illa wa alayhi tawakkaltu, wa hu rabbul arshil azim. He's the Lord of the Great Throne. Any case, subhanAllah, that is the meaning of Rahim, Rahman and Rahim. This Rahman is interesting because, I mean, we don't want to go too long in the tafsir of this, but the the Arabs, uh, the Jahiliya Mushrikun, they just, it is just mind-blowing how every day they come up with ajib and gharib and weirdest uh, excuses of disbelieving. We talked about the Yehud the one day, remember we talked about the converts? Fake conversion in the morning and becoming a murtad in the evening. So another problem they said, the Arabs, used, the Quraysh used to say that, okay, we know Allah, we know Rahim, but who is Rahman? وَإِذَا قِيلَ لَهُمُ السُّدُوا لِلرَّحْمَانِ قَالُوا وَمَنْ رَحْمَانِ when, they, when Allah, when Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam tells them, Usudu Rahman, make Sajdah to Rahman, they say, Qalu who is Rahman? Because the term Rahman was not used. Just like Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the name was, the first Muhammad was who? Muhammad bin Abdullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That was a new, strange name. So likewise, who is Rahman? They, they never used to write Bismillah Rahman Rahim. They used to write in their papers, in their documents, Bismikallahumma. You might say, hey, that, that sounds nice. Yeah, it's nice, it's okay, but it's not. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. So, like in the Sulah Hudaybiyah, they were fighting about everything. So when Nabi Sallallahu wrote, Bismillah ar-Rahman who is this Rahman? You can't say, yeah, who is Rahman? Qalu Umar Rahman, who is Rahman? Allah Ta'ala says, you want to know Rahman ar-Rahman, fasal bihi khabira. You want to know who the Rahman is? Ask the khabir, the one who has knowledge of Rahman, he'll tell you who is Rahman. Who is the khabir? Rasulullah Sallallahu he knows Rahman. So they had objection about that. Another thing we know, we talked about a few things about this. We talked about innahu min Sulaiman wa innahu Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Last week we talked about uslubul Hakim and uslubul Hakim. The style of the Hakim was Sulaiman al letter. This one is a style of a Hakim with hikmah and wisdom. Um, uh, one aspect of this we did not cover is uh, that sometimes people have this uh, the concept of adab 
and potential disrespect to the name of Allah, so they do not write Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim in the letter. So we are supposed to respect the name of Allah and Rahman and Rahim, the names of Sifat of Allah. But how do we show respect? We show respect the way Rasulullah taught us to show respect. And we cannot claim to show more respect than the way Rasulullah did. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he wrote it in the, the letter. And he wrote it in a letter to the non-Muslim on top of it. So that means, you know, we can say it verbally and we should write it. Hadrat Mufti Taqi Sahib, Uthmani, Hafidahullah, Da'awan Barakatuh, Madullah, Udillahu Alina, Matta'anallah, Bi'alumihi. And additional du'as can be made, Amin Rabbul Alameen. He wrote in his, I mean, it's mentioned in his Amali, in his dictated dars of this hadith, that I talked about one aspect where mentioning who is the one writing the letter, right, should be in the beginning. Min Muhammadin Abdullah, we talked about that last week. You know, you don't write it at the end of the letter, yours truly, sincerely, and then, the, uh, the, right, you should write who is the mursil, the one writing the letter, the katib, should, his name should be in the, in the beginning. So he talks about that, where, you know, his student or secretary is re reading out the letter for two pages and he's wondering who is it, and then at the end he finds out who the person is. Then he has to go back and reinterpret the, all the information given. So likewise, as that is one etiquette, he also mentions here that people, they, 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 they just write uh, 786. All right, so people are going to say, what are you talking about 786? If you never heard about it, then don't worry, it's, it's good. You never, if you don't know what that is. Uh, but otherwise, every, uh, in the Arabic language, the letters have numbers. Abjad, right? These are, each letter has the associated number, numerology, and they use this for all kinds of different things. For the tawizat, so uh, for these different amulets and stuff. So there's code numbers where the letters have numbers associated with them. So if you add the number for ba, sin, mim, bismillah, rahman, rahim together, it becomes 786. That's why I'm taking Mufti Khisab's name because if I if I'm saying hey don't do this, somebody might say oh you know there's a that's a proper intention, proper way. But Hadrat is writing, or he, again, he didn't write that. We talked about Amali. It was his dars that was recorded and transcribed and published that he gave in class. And the reason we make that distinction is because when he's talking, he's talking off the cuff like I end up doing. Whereas when he's writing, it's very organized, much more organized. So the difference between authoring a book versus a free lecture, a moais that is done publicly and then is recorded in, Transcribe. So he says there that no, don't do this 786 business. What is this? You should write Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Then some people say, okay, if you want to get away with it, you know, there is a noun, proper noun, Allah, and then there's a pronoun, He, right? We begin in His name. We begin in His name. Verse we say, we begin in the name of Allah. So how do you say we begin in His name without taking the name of Allah? They write Bismihi Ta'ala. So one is you don't, they don't write anything, that's wrong. Second is, okay, you're going with numbers, that's wrong. Then they go to the level, Bismihi Ta'ala. Means in His name, the Most High. So, Bismihi, He, He is Him, His name, the pronoun. So He says, don't even do that. Then after that, you have the full name, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, that's the way we should go. So, respect is important. Respect is a sign of taqwa. Allah Ta'ala says, Whoever shows respect to the sha'ir of Allah, the signs of Allah, symbols of Islam, this is a sign of taqwa of the hearts. So this is an all-comprehensive ayah with respect to adab. 
Ta'zim. This is in Surah Al-Baqarah in the second verse. Na'udhu Billah, we have people who, who don't understand Adab at all. And one of our teachers, he was a Ustad in Makkah Al-Mukarram and Madrasa Sawlatiyah in Makkah Al-Mukarram for 22 years. Uh, Rahimahullah, he passed away. He taught us a portion of Tirmidhi, Shaykh Alauddin, Al-Qandahari, Thumma Al-Makki, Thumma Al-Afriqi, I guess. He was from Kandahar in Afghanistan, then he moved to Mecca for many decades, a couple decades. Then he was deported from there, he came to South Africa, he was our teacher. So he, he mentioned that one time he was in the haram and he saw a person. Na'udhu Billah, it's, it's scary to even narrate this story. He's sitting in the haram of Mecca al-Mukarramah and he has two feet. And with the soles of his feet there was a very massive big mushaf. He was supporting it open with the two soles of his feet. So when he went to him and said, La he told him, like, what in the world are you doing? He had rebuked him severely because anyone who has any imani ghayra would do that. On top of that, Munawuddin rahimullah was, uh, had a lot of ghayra for the deen of Ghani from Kandahar. So the response is, is just uh, even more, yani, subhanAllah. It shows the level of jahala. He, the man said, uh, Why are you objecting? I just washed my feet. I swear they're tahir. They're, they're, they're clean. If there's any najasa, there's najasa haqiqiyya, alidah, and khafifa, major and minor filth, it's clean. My foot is clean, so why are you, why are you objecting? There's no impurity on my feet. You know, you walk with your feet outside here and there, so the feet may be impure, but my feet are pure because I just washed them. So, where are you going to, I mean, how do you explain this? Where do you start? So, I mean, if your feet are pure, would you take your two soles of your two feet and put it on the two cheeks of your mother or father? I don't know. I mean, what should I say at this point? Huh? Because they're clean. So what, what are you going to do? What are you going to say to such people? So uh, if, some, if, 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 a, if a Quran now falls down, these people, this, this is a particular, I, mean, I don't want to go in detail of the whole firqa, but there are people who have this ideology that even if, you, if something falls down and then you pick it up and you kiss it, they'll say, you did the bid'ah. You did the bid'ah, why did you kiss it? You, this is min ta'zim al Whoever shows ta'zim, respect, uh, cleaning something, put it in a high place, uh, uh, if it falls down, you kiss it. This is a sign of the taqwa in your heart that you show that respect. We are not like the non-Muslims. One person, he said that he's actually had this experience that he was, I think, an interfaith at, and he went to the church and... Um, uh, somebody had to change the light bulb. They couldn't find anything. They packed up a pile of Bibles and they stepped on it to change the light bulb. I don't know if it was a pastor or somebody else. <coughs> so that may be okay in other culture, but this is what makes our deen unique that we show this adab. We don't do this stuff like that. We don't step on masahif, right? In fact, tawheen of uh, the kitabullah mm, is what? It's kufr. Will lead to is min min amal al kufr.
Right, so there's aqwal al-kufr, there's a'mal al-kufr. Man qalaha kadha faqad kafara wa man fa'laha kadha faqad kafar. Whoever does such and such action. So there's statements of kufr and there's actions of kufr. The Muslim says, Ashadu an la ilaha illallah. Someone says, Kadhabta, you lied. That's a statement of kufr. And if a person intentionally does toheen and disrespects the book of Allah, then that is, that is kufr. So we do, we do not, we're not saying we should disrespect. We have to respect. But at the same time, we see Rasulullah Maybe one idea I have is if I finish quickly, and then no matter how, depending on how much time you have, you can go back for more details. How about that? Right? That's the only way it's going to happen. Bin Muhammadin Abdullah from Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, the slave of Allah and His Messenger. Uh, one thing here is we see that when he's introducing himself, he talked about who's writing the letter. Should mention his name first. The first sifa that he uses to describe himself is which one? Abdullah, slave of Allah. Because uh, when, you, uh, when you are introducing yourself, uh, what is the first thing you mention about yourself? Your highest qualification. Like for example, if somebody you know, applies to me, I see a resume of a teacher applies, whatever. So is he going to start off with his, mashallah, uh, master's degree or PhD degree, or is he going to start off by saying, that I learned how to count from one to hundred, you know, in my second trimester of kindergarten. I got a sticker for that, right? He, so no, I was the first person in my class who learned the ABCs. He's not going to start with kindergarten and first grade, eighth, twelfth grade. Mashallah, he may have passed the constitution test in eighth grade. He fa- passed the twelfth grade. Then, you know, his, you know uh, he went to community college. Then he got his bachelor's. Then he got his master's. He's not going to mention it. He's going to start from the top. First qualification is which one? PhD. Then you'll go back and say, this was my master's degree. Then the, uh, I did my bachelor's there in Fulna. Maybe you, you hear about it at school, you don't. You don't hear anything below, before that. So you mention your most important qualification first. So when Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is describing himself, what is the first thing he says? Abdullah. So this is significant, meaning the highest possible achievement for any creation, or any human being, is to become what? The true slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I mean, you can approach this concept from two, both sides. This is one side of approaching it. One side of approaching it is the highest possible achievement for a human being is if you are a true slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah ta'ala says, this is my slave. So the highest possible achievement is to be a slave of Allah. Or another way of looking at it is that if you want to climb the ranks and reach the highest pinnacle, the way to become the greatest human being is to, the more you can become a true slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. <coughs> when they have the Mi'raj programs, Layl Mi'raj, you may have heard this, the Khatibs and the Wa'idin, they typically mention this, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he talks about the Mi'raj in the nightly journey and that special gift Allah Ta'ala gave Rasulullah that no, none of the creation ever had that and Ruh Al-Ameen, Sayyidul Malaika, Jibreel alayhi salam also said if I go further, what will happen? My wings will burn Sidratul Muntaha فَأُوحَا إِلَىٰ عَبْدِهِ مَا أُوحَا ثُمَّ دَنَا فَتَدَلَّا فَكَانَ قَابَ قَوْسَيْنِ أَوَدَنَا فَأُوحَا إِلَىٰ عَبْدِهِ مَا أُوحَا مَا كَذَبَ الْفُؤَادُ مَا رَا This is from Surah Al-Najab when he had that 
close proximity to Allah. None of the creation had that. Abdul Khalqi Ajma'in reached that. When Allah talks about that, what does he say? Subhanalladhi asra bi rasulihi, Subhanalladhi asra bi nabiyihi, Subhanalladhi asra bi habibihi. No, what does he say? Subhanalladhi asra bi abdihi. So the highest pinnacle uh, that he reached was because he was the greatest slave. The more a person is a slave of Allah, the greater he has the rank in the eyes of Allah. Man alillah, the more humble you are in front of Allah, Allah, Allah will elevate you. So he was the humblest, truest slave, that's why he achieved the greatest rank. And the other way of looking at it, I said there's one way, the other way of looking at it is that it's also another reason is that when he got to such height, then somebody may fall into the misconception that, oh, he may be part divine, one-third God or half God or full God or son of God or something of that God. Like the Christians fell into the problems. So Allah Ta'ala is reminding them, no, he is not the Ibn Allah or anything related to Allah in that sense. He is Abdullah, slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he says, min Muhammadin Abdullahi. So he's a great slave of Allah. But then that's with respect to him and Allah. The abdiyat of Muhammad is with respect to his relationship with Allah. But what is his relationship with us? Are we going to go around calling him, oh, you abd? Na'udhu billah. He's not, he's abd of Allah. So between him and Allah, he's abdullah. Between him and us, there's another relationship. Right, just like, for example, um, my father will say that, you know, uh, Minhaj Beta, son, I'm the son of my father. But my son, if he starts calling me Minhaj Beta, there's some problem. Right? I'm not the son of my son, I'm the father of my son. Right? So I'm a son of my father, but I'm a father of my son. That happens in some families, not this way, but like there's whatever, someone that, you know, she may be, I I have examples where their grandchildren, they call their nani, appa, (laughs) right? She likes it too, maybe. Because appa meaning sister. So if there are other people in the family calling her sister, and then the children, they hear, oh, she's called appa, or she's called sister, or she's called this, then they call her the same thing. So, with respect to Allah, He's Abd, with respect to us, He's Rasul. Okay, you are great Abd of Allah, great, keep it to yourself. No, 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 no. Min Muhammadin Abdullahi wa Rasulihi. He's also messenger of Allah to you, so you better pay attention what He's saying. He's speaking on behalf of Allah. Min Muhammadin Abdullahi wa Rasulihi. Ilahi Raqal. To Hiraqal. He's writing it. Okay, so we figured out who's writing it. Who's He writing it to? You gotta mention that. From so and so to so and so. Ilahi Raqal. To Hiraqal. Now he describes Hiraqal and he says, Azimir room. So there's a whole question about what he said, and there's a question about what he did not say. What did he not say? He didn't say Malikir room, the king of the Romans. Why didn't he say the king of the Romans? Because by saying so, he would be putting his seal of approval on his kingship that he has recognized. He has recognized Hiraqal to be the king of the Romans. Just like there was a whole, you know, there used to be now. Everyone has given up defending Al-Quds, but there used to be the whole debate about we do not recognize the state of Israel. You remember that? It used to be. They do not recognize the state of Israel, and then there used to be like, um, we do not, we, there's no embassy because we don't recognize that state exists. We believe it to be occupied. So they would say, this is Palestine, origin, West Bank, this is Gaza, and then this is the occupied Palestine. They wouldn't say it's Israel. They say it's occupied Palestine. 1948, 1967, the different eras, the years. So, now Israel says, you don't, you don't have to just recognize it, it exists, you have to recognize what? The right it is. No other country demands that you recognize the right that it exists, except for Israel. 
You don't, obviously, how can you deny that existence there? But they say, no, you have to recognize that we have the right to exist, which is another discussion for another day. But over here, the scholars say he did not say Maliki Rum because by doing so, he's validating his kingship. I'm the king. I'm the bona fide, genuine king. Why? Muhammad also approved it. He's no approval. Then, then the question is, he could have said, يعني, the big kafir. He didn't say that either. What did he say? Azim, the great leader. So he's giving him respect. But he didn't say, Azimina, our great leader. Billah, he's not my leader. He's Azim in Rome, the leader of the Romans. So he's great. Azim is a great individual. Azim is also one of those names that is used for Allah and can be used for Ghayrullah, other than Allah. So you see, he's a great leader, but he's not my leader or our leader. He's the leader of the Romans. Tumaras are that, your king, your ruler. So what does this teach us? It teaches us that when we are giving da'wah, when you're inviting people, then we should invite them with what? Beautiful titles, with respectful titles. There's no point in, in, in saying something that is disrespectful. Right? As you're going to see in the ayah that he quotes. Who's quoting? Rasulullah is quoting, we'll see, Ya Ahlul Kitab, or the people of the book. Instead of saying, Ya Qatalatal Anbiya, or the murderers and assassins of the prophets. You killed 70 Anbiya in one day and went and sold your stuff in the market. You weren't even being regretful of what you did in the past. You beheaded Yahya alayhi salam. You sawed Zakariya alayhi salam in half. You tried to put Isa alayhi salam on the cross. You have multiple assassination attempts on Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi salam. Ya qatalatal anbiya, O the killers of the prophets. Instead of that is Ya ahlal kitab, O the people of the book. So you're giving them a title of respect and saying, You are the people of the book. You are the people who have knowledge. So he's, this is how to give da'wah. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi salam, when you would give da'wah, he would mention t- titles and when you would take Abu Bakr anhu with him, he was Alimul Ansab. He had the knowledge of all the lineage. So he would give the, he would tell them that you are the son of so and so and son of so, your grandfather, great grandfather, great grandfather in the Jahiliyyah, he was such a great person. Remember, we talked about the two sifat of the Jahiliyyah that they would uh, always look up to. One is bravery in battle, second is generosity. So they would be very proud of their forefather. So Farazdaq the poet, he tells Jarir, Those are my forefathers. See if you have any in your family to match mine. Oh Jarir, when we are gathered together in the gathering of the people, I want to mention uh, the achievements of my forefathers. Let's see what you have in your family. So that's this is how Rasulullah would give da'wah as well. And we see all the Anbiya alayhi salam. Qala ya ila aadin akhahum huda qala ya qawm oh my people. Wa ila thamud akhahum saliha qala ya qawm oh my people. Wa ila madin akhahum shu'ayba qala ya qawm oh my people. When Ibrahim alayhi salam is inviting his father Azar, he doesn't say ya abi oh my father once. He says, Ya Abati, O oh my dear father. When Luqman is advising his son, he doesn't say, Ya Ibni, O oh my son. He says, Ya Buniya, O oh my dear son. So everywhere you see, inviting with love. Ya Abati, Ya Buniya, Ya Qumi, Ya Ahl Kitabi. Inviting with love, with respect. So give respect. Disrespect will not get you anywhere. Allah Ta'ala tells Musa and Harun, The story with Mamun Rashid, I've said it enough times. When I hit 10 times, I don't think I should repeat after that. Right? Altogether, in the different majalis, I must have said it at least ten times. The whole story of Mamun Rashid and 
So those who know it can share with those who, who missed it, maybe. Anyway, so subhanAllah, this is what we learn from the etiquettes of how to address when we give da'wah. This portion here is about giving salam now. So he said Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, but he doesn't say assalamu alaikum rahmatullahi. He says, Salamun ala huda. Peace be on those, the one who follow the way of guidance. So this is, uh, 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 you're, you know, you're saying peace, but it's, it's a qualified statement. Right? It's a, there's a restrictive clause there. It's not Salamun alaykum jami'ah, like Salam upon all of you. Because when you say Assalamu alaykum, that means you're saying with my tongue, with my hand, and you know, you are in safety and I will be uh, protecting you and your wealth and your honor and the property and everything is safe from any harm. And I make dua for Allah Ta'ala that He gives you salamity and peace and safety and security. So that level of as-salam is for the believers, right? We say assalamu alaikum to, to each other as Muslims. And other people we say good morning, good evening, good night, depending on the time of the day, right? <laughs> so, uh, so um, you know, we wish them good you know so whatever the um, one brother was saying why should I say Merry Christmas I should say 30 Christmas <laughs> anyway so we uh, Merry Christmas because I mean 30 Christmas Merry means my Christmas 30 means your Christmas all right that's what for non the folks anyway so we we seasons greetings seasons greetings is the way out of that one so we, we uh, good morning, good evening, whatever. But for the believers, we say salamun. Uh, for assalamu alaikum. For the disbelievers, we say salamun ala manittabal hudas. Peace be on the one who follows the path. But we ha- I have one, mashallah, I just remembered a dear friend from St. Louis days. Uh, he may, I don't know if he's listening to the recording or, or he hear it later, brother Dr. Razad Jalal. Nothing wrong to say his name because it's a good quality. When, when you call him, his phone, cell phone, I don't know if he's still there or not. This is from 10 years ago, or 12, 15 years ago. The voice, voice message, nobody, keeps, nobody uh, leaves voicemails anymore, right? It's all texts. But do you remember voicemail? So in the voicemail, you'd be, when you call, you would say, uh, peace be on those who follow the path of guidance. You know, leave your message. So Because, subhanAllah, I heard that, I was like, wait, this is so beautiful. This is right from Surah Taha. This statement, this is an ayah again from Surah Taha. Going back to Musa and Harun when they approached uh, Fir'aun, this is what they said. Um, Yusuf, can you bring a Mus'haf, inshallah? Right. So if you see, if you see, uh, no, yeah, okay. Yeah, basically in Surah Taha, I mean, if, maybe it's better I don't get the Mus'haf, then I'll start doing Tafsir of Surah Taha. But you see the whole story there is when, when Musa and Harun they, uh, they go to Fir'aun, they, uh, this is how they addressed. Yeah. This is how they addressed him. Uh, they said, "Peace be on those who follow path." So basically, what you're saying is, is that there's peace on you, provided what you follow the right path. And uh, if you don't, then we don't know. Time will tell what will happen. Um, Yeah, so this is a command from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, same context. I wanted to see from the back. So you know there are some hafal, subhanallah, some madaris, they, it's, it's pretty strange, unique practice. 
that they make the, the, the students, I shouldn't use the word they make, they give the opportunity that Allah Ta'ala gives tawfiq that students, they memorize the whole Quran from front to back, maybe two years, right? Then after that, another year they spend, they memorize the Quran back to front. Like recite it, like, your sabaq would be, مِنَ الْجِنَّةِ وَالنَّاسِ الَّذِي وَاسْفِسُ فِي صُدُورِ النَّاسِ مِنْ شَرُّ الْوَسْوَاسِ الْخَنَّاسِ إِلَاهِ النَّاسِ مَلِكِ النَّاسِ قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ النَّاسِ Some surah you know, who doesn't know surah nas? Everyone does, try to do that. I'm going to admit, it's difficult for me, that's why I looked inside and read it, right? So, it's hard. Why do you do that? It's because anytime when you're leading taraweeh, or anywhere, whenever you get stuck anywhere, you can read frontward, you can read backward. Why I asked for the Mustafa is, I knew the ayah, but I had to start reading backwards to see it, right? Sometimes it's easier, sometimes it's not so easy. SubhanAllah. So imagine, now, imagine how strong that his would be. They can recite the Qur'an front to back, back to front. The purpose of reading back to front is not to make tilawah. That's wrong. The purpose is only to help in the strength of the recitation. The niyyah has to be correct, right? You cannot, you're not supposed to recite it backwards in salah or ibadah or tilawatan. You're always supposed to recite it front to back, like normal. But the purpose of that is just so that their hiv is super strong. Anytime you're, if for example, if you're in tarawih and you get stuck, then you need to, just like you get stuck in the snow, what do you do? Reverse, and then go ahead. Then you get stuck, then you go reverse, really gun it, right? And hopefully, you get out. Right? Snowstorms are coming, blizzards, right? So, uh, so like that. So this is, a, this is how it can go. He has the dry function, he also has the reverse function. We only have, barely have dry function. So anyway, he says here, SubhanAllah, uh, Allah Ta'ala says, uh, go, go speak to him softly, Fir'aun may take heed. And then they said, you are afraid, Allah said, don't be afraid, etc., etc. Uh, then Fakula uh, told him, Inna Rasula Rabbik, we are the messengers of your Lord. Farasil Ma'ana Bani Israel, send the Bani Israel with us, Walatu Addibu, don't torture them further. Rabbik, we have brought the signs from your Lord. In peace be on those who follow the right path. So this is so beautiful that Rasulullah is taking an ayah of the Quran where Allah is instructing Musa and Harun how to speak to Firaun. He's taking that ayah from here, where is he applying it? In his letter to Hirafa. So this is the Qur'an in action, by the one upon whom the Qur'an is revealed. It's always beautiful, like we see the Qur'an and then he says, SubhanAllah, then we, know, uh, we learn lessons from it. But Rasulullah is also quoting the Qur'an in his own letter. You see that? So when you hear the ulama, for example, they're talking, they are our teachers, and they're teaching and they're giving khutbah, and then they say, oh, kama Allah, has Allah has mentioned. They quote ayats all the time. So Rasulullah when he is teaching, he's giving his dars, but everything he's saying is what? Hadith by default, then he quotes the ayah too. That happens. So if you follow Hidayah, peace be upon you. If you don't, then, then we are not speaking about what may happen, right? Amma uh, ba'd. Uh, after that, to move forward, then he says, فَإِنِّي أَدْعُوكَ بِدِعَايَةِ الْإِسْلَامِ Then I invite you uh, with the invitation of Islam. This word, diaya. <coughs> is now known da'aya or da'wah. This is an interesting word because in the past it, it, it had a neutral meaning, means to invite. But in current language, if da'aya means like propaganda, it has a negative connotation. So this is how an example of a word which had a positive or neutral meaning before could be used positively. Now over time, if you would, the meaning has changed in current modern standard Arabic, 
it does not have a positive connotation. Just like isha'a. Isha'a in the past means to spread. But now to spread something, the word uses nashar in Arabic, modern standard Arabic. If you use the word isha'a, it also means to spread false rumors. In Arabic, isha'at in Urdu still means to spread, isha'at Islam. But in Arabic, isha'a is normally used for false news spreading, rumors. In modern Arabic, not in classical Arabic. So that's what happens. If you know, if you know modern Arabic, doesn't mean you know classical. And if you know classical fusha, doesn't mean you know modern. There, some many things are similar, but there are some stark differences. He invites him to Islam. And then he says, "Aslim taslam." This statement here is considered min jawami al kalim from amongst the comprehensive statements of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Dariyadarkuza, like a whole ocean in these few words. Rasulullah mentioned that Allah has given me many blessings and given me superiority over Anbiya in many ways. Among them, he mentions six in this hadith. And the first thing he says, I have been given the ability to speak brief words uh, uh, that are considered few words and deep meanings. And I have been helped by Allah Ta'ala with a divine ru'ab. So the enemies who come out with an evil intention, a one month journey away from me, they start fearing me. And the spoils of war have been made halal from my ummah. And I am the seal of the prophets. And I have been sent to the entire creation. And... Um, the whole earth, my ummah can perform salah and can make tayammum. Whereas in the past, they had to only dedicated houses of worship, etc. The tafsir of that is beyond the scope. So this one here is aslim taslam. Submit to Allah and you will have salamti, you'll have peace. Peace in this dunya, peace in the akhirah, peace in your life, peace with your own heart, peace with your wife, peace with your kids, peace in your family, peace in your business. Peace in every aspect of your life. Inner peace, outer peace, complete peace. Salamti. Aslim, submit to Allah and you'll have safety. If you become a Muslim, you will be safe. Then he said, Yu'tikallahu ajraka maratain. And Allah will give you double the reward. So there are hadith where Rasulullah mentions about uh, individuals will get double the reward. Like one hadith Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, um, whoever, whoever is a slave, he fulfills the rights of his master and the rights of Allah, he will get double the reward. Whoever is a master, has a slave girl, he educates her, treats her well, and then frees her and then marries her, Allah will give him double the reward. He mentioned, whoever believed in the previous anbiya and then accepted Islam, will get double the reward. So what is, these are three different things. One who believed in the previous scriptures and believes in Islam. One who frees a slave girl and marries her and teaches her, educates her. And one who, the slave who fulfills the rights of the master, rights of Allah. But you can see, right, in the common thread between these three apparently separate individuals is what, what is the common thread? To double, double, double type of actions so or double type of reward. Just like you have like three random people put together uh, that are cursed. Ailun Mustakbir, the the fakir, indigent, poor individual who is 
arrogant and Malikun Kadhab, the king who lies and Shaykhun Zanin, the old man who commits zina there are three like random different types of sins they mention together in one hadith that they are cursed, why? because anyone who commits the above sins is sinful but they don't even have an apparent excuse a person is arrogant because he is rich, does that make it okay? no, but at least there is a reason why he's doing it you can rationalize it and you can t treat the problem but the person who is miskeenun da mataraba poor man toiling in the dust, he has no clothes to cover his body he's still arrogant while he's in the dust and then the other one, shaykhun zanin, shabun zanin, young man committing zina, it's also sinful there's hormonal issue and whatever, shahwat this is shaykhun zanin, old man, he's still committing zina and malikun kathab, malikun kathib a king who's lying, you lie because when, you know teacher catches you, where are you, and then you just make up excuses, this, that because you're, you don't get in trouble, but you're the king man, why are you lying if you're the king? so that's what we see here the double reward, like the double the sin, is because the two, the, he believed in the previous Anbiya and he believes in the Nabi that's one interpretation, another interpretation is uh, you'll get the reward for yourself and you'll get the reward for your, for your Ummah because man dalla ala khayrin falahu ajrun mislu fa'ali whoever becomes the means for the good deed will get the reward himself and for those whom he inspires so you get the thawab for yourself and you get the thawab for your kingdom fa'in tawallayta but if you turn your back fa'inna alayka ithmal arisiyyina then upon you is the sin of the arisiyyin the arisiyyin there are different meanings for this one meaning of the aris arisun is the farmer Arisiyin, the farmers. So, the, uh, this was a couple centuries before the Industrial Revolution, right? So, what happens is that it was a primarily agriculture-based society. Most of the people, the population, majority of the population, lived actually in the countryside, and less population was in the cities. Then, of course, afterwards it became the reverse. So, majority of the people are farmers. So, the sins of the farmers. These are the farmers who are going to follow the religion of the king. And if you are rejecting the truth, then all the sins of the farmers is upon you. And another meaning of Arisiyin is that there was a particular uh, sect in a group uh, who did not believe that Isa salam is a son of Allah. They believed he was a prophet of Allah and they were very close to accepting Islam. And, and it, they would have definitely accepted Islam if the king did. So, because they didn't have a problem that they have to reject the Trinity or they have to reject the divine nature of Christ. They already believed he was a prophet of Allah and they were looking forward for the last prophet. So they are on the verge of accepting Islam and the only roadblock is your rejection. The scholars say here again is that Rasulullah is being so kind. He said and nice and polite with his words. He said, Fa in if you turn your back. He didn't say, Fa in kafarta. The reason he didn't say, Fa in kafarta, if you are a kafir, is because being a kafir was considered a insult amongst the Christians so he didn't want to use insulting words so insulting words are not permissible as we talked about being respectful already we covered that right Ya Ahlul Kitab but insulting is so haram actually that if there would be anyone worthy of being insulted okay fine we don't want to make we don't want to insult the kafir you don't want to insult even the mushrik but what is the biggest crime in the world? In the shirka, ladulman alim is the biggest crime. And false gods that people assign unto Allah. 
If there's anyone you could curse possibly, should it be false gods, that these false deities, curse them. But what does Allah Ta'ala say about that in the Quran? Do not curse the false gods they are invoking besides me. Yani there is a prohibition, not of curse, there's not the prohibition of don't curse the mushrikeen. Allah Ta'ala is saying don't curse the false gods even. Because Because if you are going to curse the false gods, then in response they will curse Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you will become the means of that. So when Rasulullah spoke about the prophecies of the Day of Judgment and he said that, you know, a man will, uh, you should not curse your parents. So nowadays if you say, do not curse your parents, okay, that's, that's, Jazakallah khair, good reminder to the youth, they should not curse their parents. But the Sahaba, they were shocked. They said, how in the world is that even possible? So why are you saying something like that? Rasulullah had to give an explanation to them which uh, would not even be needed maybe, maybe in some societies today. He said, no, 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 okay, what I mean by that is do not curse the, someone else's parents. Then in response, he will curse your parent and then you will become the means of him cursing your parent. Just like this ayah says, you see? Do not curse the false gods they invoke besides Allah, then they will curse Allah in return. So Allah Ta'ala says here, so Rasulullah um, said, If you turn your back, then the sins of the farmers will be upon you. What does that tell us? The one who's responsible. If he does a good thing, then everyone beneath him who follows, he will receive the reward. If someone does some, the one responsible makes a mistake, then anyone, everyone beneath him will, the sin will be upon him as well. The good or the bad that comes out from his decision. Then he said, yeah, See this quotation mark? This is from where the ayah he quotes. Rasulullah is quoting the ayah in his letter. Ya ahlan al-kitab, O the people of the book, Ta'ala, come. Ila kalimatin, to such an Mutually agreed upon statement. This kalima. What does it come to? Ila kalimatin. Sawa imbaynana wa baynakum, which is we agree upon it between us and you. We are all of us, both parties, yourselves and ourselves. We are both can agree on it, which is common between us. Come to a common word between us, right? So the first thing is you don't start with controversial matters. You know, you don't start with the Christians and say that, uh, let us start off by saying, you know, Jesus is not the Son of God, or Jesus did not die on the, cro- on the cross. Because since childhood, that's what he's hearing, that's what he's believing. Jesus died on the cross, he's my Savior, fulan fulan, on the batil aqaid. Now you're going to start rejecting that, it's not going to work. When Isa Islam himself comes, that's a very beautiful ayah in the Quran. That when Isa Islam comes back, before he dies, when he's back on earth, then everyone from the Ahlul Kitab, the Christians, they're going to believe and they're going to become Muslims. Are you aware of that? It's in the Quran. Before he dies, they will all accept Islam. Most definitely they will become Muslims. Because he's simple, the true Christians. Because he's going to, he's going to tell them, believe me, I was there. They killed the wrong guy. They put the wrong person on the cross, not me. I'm coming back, eyewitness news. I'm telling the story since I was there. It was about me, right? You thought I died? I'll tell you, let me set the record straight. 
I wasn't the one on the cross. I was airlifted to Jannah. SubhanAllah. So when he himself tells the story, what is the Khutki Kahani of Nizwani, right? With his own tongue, he will tell his own story what happened. They'll be really, Jesus, okay. Thank God you came and saved me. I was believing you died on the cross. Now I know you did it. They will accept Islam. So that's, that's one good ending, inshallah. All's well that ends well. So, so you don't start with batil things, difference of opinion. Start with that which is equal. Ta'alu ila karimatin. Sawa'in bainana wa bainakum. Now, actually, uh, the, the, the Yehud, they have Tawheed in the sense, La ilaha illallah. There is no partners of any shape or form. So with respect to Tawheed, they do believe in one Allah. But then the problem is that they don't believe in Muhammadur Rasulullah. Uh, the Christians, their Tawheed also is not a pure Tawheed because they have the Trinity, right? Don't say three gods. Allah Ta'ala rejects Trinity in the Quran. So when you're saying, hey, this is the kalima between you and us is the same, you're kind of glossing over the fine print and the details. When it's actually their tawheed is not the same. So what are you doing? You're ignoring those differences. Just to sound politically correct, is now called Islamically correct too. It's not PC, only it's IC. It's Islamically correct. To forget about that for, for a moment, you say, it's like, you believe in Tawheed, we believe in Tawheed, so we're, we're same with Tawheed. Come on, let's start with that. Uh, not really, if you don't go into the footnotes, and their Tawheed is a bit, not different, a bit different, quite different, right? Just, just, just forget about that detail for a moment. Just relax. Yeah, we're the same. Bye bye. That's what it says. Sawa'im bayinana wa What is it? Allah na'abuda illallah. We see, we don't worship anyone besides Allah. Do they not worship no one? They worship Mary and Jesus too, right? The Catholics worship Mary as well. Allah <laughs> We don't assign any partners unto Allah. <laughs> we do not ascribe other gods besides Allah. <laughs> if they still turn their backs, فَقُولُوا Then you should say, right? What should you say? <laughs> okay, fine. You turn your backs. Testify that we are true Muslims. So there's another problem here. Does that mean you give da'wah once? Hey, you didn't listen? Forget you. You know, we are Muslims and whatever. No, it doesn't mean that. It means that a da'i will continue to give da'wah. He gives da'wah whenever the opportunity comes. Whenever uh, in different ways, different shape, different form, doesn't give up, keeps on giving da'wah. But he doesn't give da'wah in such a manner as overbearing that turns a person away. He gives it with hikmah, with basira, with wisdom. He can keep on changing the style. Um, but at the very least, he'll say, okay, at le- whether you accept or not, we testify that we are, you, you be a witness that we are testifying that we are Muslims. This is what it means. Ishadu, you bear witness, bianna muslimun, we are true Muslims. And what do we do? We invite you to join us. And uh, this is what Allah Ta'ala says, that and those who believe, you are responsible for yourself at the end of the day. Those who get misguided, their misguidance will not hurt you as long as you are on hidayah. So Abu Bakr anhu, he already in his era, he pointed out, watch out, beware. Don't let this ayah misguide you. Don't, let, don't misinterpret this ayah. 
Because you're going to say, hey, I don't have to worry about anyone. I don't have to give da'wah to anyone. Because Allah Ta'ala said, alaykum, anfusakum, worry about yourself. La man Anybody who goes astray, it's not going to harm you. As long as you are rightly guided. What matters is what? You have to be rightly guided. So Abu Bakr said, watch out. What does this mean? Anybody who is misguided, they remain misguided. It's not going to harm you. As long as you are rightly guided. When you are in Hidayah, then other people are not in Hidayah, it's not going to harm you. But when are you on Hidayah? When you fulfill all the obligations. If you do part of the obligations, are you on Hidayah? No, you have to do the full job. The full job is what? To do good deeds and also to invite towards good deeds. The full job is to abstain from sins and also to prevent from sins. So when you do the full job, that means you are doing da'wah and the result is not there, they're not changing. Then you're absolved of your duty. And then if they remain astray, it's not going to harm you. But if you're not even giving da'wah, and then you say, Alaikum anfusakum, just worry about yourself. La man dalla. Those who go astray, they're going astray, it's not going to harm you. This is very interesting because it's like a deep explanation of a potential misunderstanding which all the time we come across but done by later scholars. This is not done by early scholars, this is done by who? Abu Bakr Siddiq himself, Rasulullah, he is explaining the misconception. He's saying, no, no, don't be misguided because by this ayah, by wrongly understanding it, he's saying, you will be protected in the misguidance of those who are misguided is not going to harm you as long as you are on guidance and you are on guidance includes the fact that you are doing Amr bin Maruf and Nahi'an al-Munkar. So why, why, how is that related? Because see at the end what does he say? Okay even if you turn your backs, Ishadu bi anna muslimun. We are going to remain true Muslims. Like the sawa'un alayhim versus the sawa'un alayka. You know what I'm talking about? That one? Sawa'un alayhim andartam tunzirhum la yu'minun. Allah Ta'ala tells Rasulullah it's equal for them. Whether you invite them or don't invite them, whether you warn them, don't invite, warn them. La yu'minun. These diehard mushrikun are not going to accept Islam. So over here the scholars say Allah Ta'ala is telling Rasulullah sawa'un alayhim. It's equal for them. He didn't say sawa'un alayka. It's equal for you. It's not equal for you. Why is it not equal for you? Because if you invited them and warned them, you have done your duty. If you not invited them, not warned them, you have not done your duty. Ya Rasulullah, You are obligated to do tabligh, balligh, convey the message. If you have not, you are responsible. Allah Ta'ala tells Rasulullah So give, you know, we are responsible for the effort. We are not responsible for the results. This is a very common concept in da'wah, but for everyone else I'm sharing it. This is one of the very common muzakara. So we are, we are responsible for the Effort. We are not responsible for the results. So is Nuwali some uh, failure? Na'udhu billahi min dhalik. No, he's not a failure because he did the effort. So that, why, uh, I'm bringing it back to this. Where is this coming from? This last part. This comes from the fa'in tawallahu. If they still turn their backs. Okay, got it? Qala Abu Sufyan. Abu Sufyan said, When Hiraqal ended telling what he said, and he was done reading the book. There was a lot of noise around him. And a lot of fighting and argumentation. People are raising their voices. The voices were raised and viewers were expelled from the court. Okay, you guys don't have to see this. Get out of here. Leave. Then I told my companions, when we were expelled from the court of the king. لَقَدْ أَمِرَ أَمْرُ بْنَ أَبِي كَبَشَ إِنَّهُ يَخَافُهُ مَلِكُ بَنِ الْأَصْفَرِ He said, oh... 
لقد وتحقيق لقد أفلح المؤمنون most definitely the matter of Ibn Abi Kabshah son of Abi Kabshah he was actually son of Abdullah bin Abdul Muttalib bin Hashim Rasulullah who is this Abi Kabshah he was degrading Rasulullah by mentioning someone who is relatively unknown in his family Abu Kabshah some say he was a Rada'i uncle some say he is a maternal side grandfather Nana side Nanyal or Rada'i side but the paternal side Sallallahu Alaihi Muhammad bin Abdullah bin Abdul Muttalib bin what is it? Bin Hashim bin Abdul Manaf bin Qusayb bin Kilab bin Murrah bin Kaab bin Loi bin Ghalib bin Far bin Malik all the way up bin Nadar bin Kanan bin Khuzayb bin Mudrik bin Ilyas bin Mu'ad bin Adnan up to Adnan is Thabit in the Hadith and the students everyone learns it first year in the Sira class there's no Ibn Abi Kabasha there there's no Abu Kabasha so it's just some unknown person he's saying oh there's Ibn Abi Kabasha his matter is becoming very, very major. His religion is taking over. The king of the Banu Asfar. Oh my God, there's a whole detail. Who's Asfar? But in short, these are the, he's talking about the Romans. The king of the Romans is now fearing him. Right? Asfar means yellow. So, one simple thing is that they were, they're not black like the Africans, and they were not so white that maybe referring to the color of their skin. He says, from that day the seed was planted in my heart, Abu Sufyan said, that, oh, I had muqinan, I had the yaqeen, that his, this religion is going to overtake everyone. I knew it. I, when I had this whole experience, I was like, wait a second, this thing is going to get big one day. This is, you know, we are in a losing battle against Islam. Until finally Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed me with Islam. When did he accept Islam? We covered that in the beginning. When we talked about the Rawi, the narrator, he accepted Islam, eighth year of Hijrah, time of Fatih Makkah. وَكَانَ إِبْنُ النَّوَاضُورِ صَاحِبُ إِلْيَاءِ وَهِرَقَ الْصُقُفًا عَلَى نَصَارَ الشَّابِ يُحَدِّثُ أَنَّ هِرَقَ الْحِينَ قَدِبَ إِلْيَاءَ أَصْبَحَ يَوْمًا خَبِيثَ النَّفْسِ Time is up, huh? Allah, I promise everyone we're going to finish this. Okay, um, how about we just do translation? You okay with translation? This is, so there's a, there's a second, this is the end of one story, part of the story, then we have the second part of the story, which I'll go very fast, inshallah, ta'ala. So there was another, uh, another, this is a second, like, subchapter. What happened is, there was, he says here, Ibn al-Thur, the governor of Iliad. Okay. Um, this, uh, what happened, one time they were sitting, and they were speaking to each other. Asbaha yawman khabitha nafs. In the morning he got up, he had a sad mood. Who had? Iraq al You had read the translation here? Then, what happened is, some of the priests asked him, Why are you in this bad mood? So, He was an astrologer, foreteller, he's looking the stars. So when they asked him, he said, In this night I saw a dream. When I looked at the stars, The king of the people who practice khatna. What is khatna? Circumcision. The king of the people who practice circumcision, his religion has become strong, he's become the conqueror. But who are the people still around who do this practice of circumcision? This is another example of something that when someone accepts Islam, 
you don't you say ta'alu ila kalima sawa'in bainana bainakum you don't start with the circumcision right subhanallah because you scare the people right there, there was an incident of that rajul dakhala fil islam fa qala alayka al khatana fa qala la uhibbu hadha fa qala ana akhruj min islam fa alayka rid anta murtad فَقَالَ يَا عَجَمَ لَكُمْ يَا مُسْلِمُونَ إِنْ دَخَلْتُ فِي الْإِسْلَامِ تَقْتَعُونَ ذَكَرِيَ وَإِنْ أَخْرُجْ مِنَ الْإِسْلَامِ تَقْتَعُونَ عَنَقِي So anyway, so this is, uh, so we should not start off with this. مَلِكَ الْخِتَانِ قَدْ ظَهَرَ So anyway, فَمَنْ uh, But you know sometimes, subhanAllah, this is the only alama. SubhanAllah, this is the only alama. That's what is, there's, you know, the Shahid of Islam, symbols of Islam, Muslim should have a beard, Muslim should have sunnah, right? So like, uh, changing to a very serious topic, there, were, there was uh, incidents when they were, um, when Modi was in Gujarat and he was killing the Muslims, right? And there's so many dead bodies in the violence. I remember when the, uh, in, uh, when the train from Godra was attacked and going to, um, you know, Babri Masjid, right? That whole incident. So when, when there were so many people in the violence killed, so many dead bodies come. Now they look, which one should be burned and which one you do a janazah? So they were identifying it through this. The one who has khatna is a Muslim body. The one who doesn't have khatna is a Hindu body. That's the only way they were being able to identify. Well, who is a mushrik Hindu and who is a Muslim? And um, yeah, subhanAllah. So sometimes this is the only thing left. Like uh, in the communist era in Albania, this is like, this Albania must be so beautiful now. But when we were kids in the 80s, it was much smaller 30 years ago. So in the 80s, one time we were there and there was a brother, he said, I'm giving da'wah in Albania. So he was saying, uh, so this is after like 90 years of communism. So they had completely lost Islam. So he said, I'm giving da'wah, I'm bringing people back to Islam, so-and-so, you know, he recited the kalima, and I got his khatana done, so-and-so, I recited the kalima, I got his khatana done, everybody was, was like, that is the only thing. I was listening as a student, I was like, wait a second, there's a lot more to Islam than just that. That's what I was thinking as a kid, I remember sitting in that majlis, so he said, subhanallah, you know, he's saying not in Urdu, you're saying in English, he said, alhamdulillah, thank Allah, I got so many people's khatana done, right? Because in that particular culture, that was like, subhanAllah, that means he's a true Muslim, whereas the one who doesn't. So whatever alama there is, like there's an example of uh, one particular bidah practice you know, where a community once a year on the date of uh, passing away of a certain wali, they would take an urs and they would have a procession. The whole thing from A to Z is completely bidah. But the people in that town had completely left everything of Islam. They had completely become like Hindus. And he came to Mala Shaitani, who is, Hakim al-Ummat was very, very, very anti-Bid'ah. He wrote so many books against Bid'ah and innovations. But in this particular town, the only difference between the Muslim and the Hindu, they were a completely ignorant backward area where they had no education, is that these people would do the urs on the date of the anniversary of the wali and the rest of the Hindus would not. Otherwise, 100% everything else is the same. So he said, for these people, it's like wajib to do this bid'ah, because that's the only thing left that identifies them as a Muslim. Like, how do you know you're a Muslim? Are you a Muslim? Yeah. Why are you a Muslim? Because I, I, I celebrate the birth of this wali. Okay. We got to start with that. And then we identify, teach them tawheed, teach them and get them off of this. But if you say, don't even do that, then there's no difference left. That's the faqaha.
That's understanding what people who you're dealing with, which people keep him at that level. Of course, bringing them onto Tawheed. He's not Sahib al Bid'ah himself. He's, his whole life was anti Bid'ah. So, anyway, this is the whole Khatna issue. Uh, so, he says, who, who, who does Khatna nowadays? He says, So, فَمَنْ يَقْتَدِ مِنْ هَذِي الْأُمَّةِ قَالُوا لَيْسَ يَقْتَدِنُ إِلَى الْيَهُودِ They say, No one does Khatna except for the Yehud, the Jews. فَلَا يُهِمَّنَّ كَشَانُهُمْ Don't worry about them. Because the whole time, what, the Yehud were what? They oppressed people. They killed so many times. Right? Bukhta Nasr comes, Fulan comes. There was a, Hitler was just the last one. Many people in the past. Okay. So many different kings from Babylon came, destroyed it. Romans came, destroyed it. How many times was destroyed and burnt down? And that was a test that came from Allah Ta'ala. So he says, Don't worry. You don't want to worry about Jews. Write the letter to all the governors. They will kill all of them. Like Pharaoh's time, he's been killing the Yehud all the way. They're going to kill them all. Don't worry about them. The Khatan people, the circumcised ones. They were still discussing this matter. Then the king of Ghassan, he sent a man. He was giving the news of Rasulullah. Then Hiraqal started investigating about him. He said, go back and see that the people that he's representing, the Arabs, do they do khatna or not, these Muslims? فَنَظْرُوا إِلَيْهِ So they, they privately went and screened him, like the TSA. They said, you want private screening or public screening? <laughs> so they checked him out. They said, oh my God, this guy, مُخْتَتِنُون Oh my God, he has khatna wala, this guy has circumcised. وَسَالُوا عَنِ Arab. They said, okay, this person, he fits the requirement in the... In the dream that he saw in the Najumis, what about the rest of the Muslims, the Arab ones? Hiraqal said, Okay, this is the nation that's going to overpower. So, this is another side story that happened with him. Then Hiraqal he wrote a letter to his friend in Rome, who he was as good as Hiraqal's in knowledge. He asked him, What do you think? about this. Then Sarah Hiraqal ila Hims. Hiraqal, he left Jerusalem, he went to Hims. فَلَمْ يَرْمِي حِمْسَ حَتَّى أَتَاهُ كِتَابٌ مِنْ صَاحِبِهِ يُوَافِقُ رَأِي Hiraqal ala خُرُوجِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ When he got to Hims, his companion, the other priest, he sent a letter to him and he said that, I agree with you that the final Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is going to appear. He's going to appear. So he got a backing from the other priest. You're following? He got a backing with the priest. So Hiraqal, he called all the rulers and all the nobles in his, uh, in his royal chamber, in his private meeting area, in his place of assembly, in his palace. Then he ordered that the doors should all be locked. Then he went and, and up on top in a balcony. He went up and why he went on top of a balcony? Because what he's going to say, if they get really angry and they attack him, he'll be safe. And why did he close the doors? Because if they're going to run away, they're going to be blocked. So he went up into his balcony and he got them in a place of assembly in a big hall and he locked the gates. The gates now are open. I know it's getting late. Anyone who leave can leave. <laughs> These, the, the gates were locked here though. ثُمَّ He said, O Romans, fil-falahi Do you want success? So, right? Falah. So when you give da'wah, you have to give the fadail. Always give the fadail. So do you want success? He didn't say, do you want to give up on Jesus Christ? No. Do you want to believe in Muhammad? No. He started out by saying, do you want success? And that your kingdom will remain 
Uh, then if you want that You should pledge allegiance to this Nabi They ran like the donkeys Meaning they started screaming Getting mad Running to the doors They found the doors are all Barricaded, locked up So then they came back Now they want to attack him But they can't attack him Why? Because he's already in the Balcony on the top Mezzanine Okay, that's another issue. When Hiraqal saw that these people are mad and angry, and he gave up hope that they're going to believe. He said, Come back, come back to me. You know, whatever statement I get now, I said now, I was testing your deen. It was a test. Congratulations. You guys all passed the test. You are the true believers in Christ, like I am. Uh, and I saw that you are true You're not going to fall for this false religion So what did he do? Change the story, right? So they all made sajda to him And they were pleased with him So what, is that? what does that mean? So he knew the truth but he did not accept it So ma'rifatul haq is not tasdiq We talked about iman Did we talk about ma'rifat and tasdiq, right? So just knowing the truth doesn't mean you, uh, it's iman until you actually believe in it. And iqrar bil you have to testify. And he failed in that and he went back. So Ibn Abdul Bar Maliki in his book Al Isti'ab al Ashabi includes him among the believers, but that is not the correct opinion. The correct opinion is that he did not accept Islam. And he sent an army in Tabuk, he sent an army in Mu'ta in the era of Rasulullah two times. For, and, um, and afterwards in the era of. Umar there were battles with the Muslims. He did not accept Islam. This was the last of the matter of Hiraqal. Last of the matter means he lived years afterwards. But last of the matter with respect to the letter from Rasulullah. So this is uh, Imam Bukhari's style. Imam Bukhari at the end of every chapter. This is not only the end of the hadith, this is the end of the chapter. The first chapter of Imam Bukhari, Badul Wahim, finally ended it. Uh, the book of Revelation is ending with these words. This is called Bara'atul Ikhtitam. This is something that Imam Bukhari does at the end of every bab, every kitab, chapter. Mm, um, like, no, uh, there's a kitab which is a big chapter, and within the kitab there's subchapters, abwab. So at the end of each kitab, he mentions something that there's a latif, uh, subtle indication towards ending or death. And this is to remind us that the kitab is khatam, is coming to an end. So there's another kitab which is going to come to an end. Which kitab is that? The kitab al-a'mal, the book of deeds. When does the book of deeds close? When the death comes. So the kitab al-a'mal is going to be khatam, and the hayat is khatam, the death is going to come. So there's always some indication towards death and ending. You'll find this in all the commentaries of Bukhari. What's the bara'atul ikhtitam? Or the examiner will ask in the test of Bukhari. Where's the, show me the bara'atul ikhtitam. This one is very obvious. Sometimes it's not so obvious. Where you see that? This was the end of the matter of Hiraqal with respect to the letters. This is a Usul Hadith discussion that Salih bin Kaysan and Yunus in Ma'amar, these are three additional narrators who narrate this from Zuhri. So Imam Shahabuddin Zuhri, Ibn Shahabuddin Zuhri, who came in the Sanad, he has four students who narrate the same. Three are here mentioned as mutatabi'in uh, who, um, uh, who corroborate the story above. If you go back all the way here, if you want to see this, I don't know if anyone really wants to see it now, but it comes here. Where is it? See, this, is, this whole narration was Shu'ayb al-Zuhri. 
So this is a narration of Shuaib. But Zuhri, from Ibn Shahabuddin Zuhri, his student, is not only Shuaib. There are three more. Who are the three? This is right here. Um, I'm only saying this because it's in the book, right? Saleh bin Kisan and Yunus and Ma'amar, they also narrate the same story from Zuhri that Shuaib does. That's what he's saying. Who's saying this? Abu Abdullah, Muhammad bin Ismail al-Bukhari, rahimullah. These are his words. Rahmatullahi. So, what's the lesson for us? All the lessons that have to be mentioned were mentioned along with the words, right? <laughs> we don't want to go back and go over all the lessons. But Alhamdulillah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the correct understanding. Give us further yaqeen in the Prophet of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And um, forgive us further conviction. May Allah ta'ala protect us from falling into the chest of Hiraqal. That he gave up, he gave up the truth despite knowing it. Why? Because of arrogance. And this is, this is, this is kibr. This is the definition of kibr. One, one part of the definition of kibr. The man, you know the man who Rasulullah came to Rasulullah and said, There's a man who likes to wear nice clothes and nice shoes. Is this mean al-kibr? Rasulullah said, that's not kibr. Allah is beautiful, loves beauty. The kibr is two things. Rejecting the truth. Because of your ego, you don't want to accept the truth that you're wrong. And number two is looking down upon people. So this is right here. This story at the end, what happened at the end. He knows the truth. There's no confusion. He knows it. He accepted it too. He testified, but then he turned back. So either he was a kafir the whole time, or actually you could say perhaps he's a murtad. And murtad is one of the forms of kafir. So there's kafir, just inadan, like from beginning to the end, he never accepted Islam. Or munafiq is hides the kufr and acts like a Muslim. Murtad is the one who may have been a Muslim for a while then left Islam. At the end of the day, they're all forms of what? Kufr. So he died a kafir because of love of the dunya. May Allah Ta'ala protect us from such love of the dunya that makes us disobey him and disbelieve in him. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala preserve our iman, give us khatma and iman. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, before my journey, before I'm leaving, not only finish the hadith, we finish the whole kitab. The next kitab is called Kitabul Iman. A book on Iman. And there are, inshallah, discussions that will follow. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept it from all of us. Let us make a brief dua. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah rabbil alameen. Allahumma salli ala sallam Muhammad wa ala sallam Muhammad wa barik wa sallam. Allahumma barik ala Muhammad wa ala Muhammad wa barik wa sallam. Allahumma jal ijtima'ana hadha ijtima'a marhuma wa jal tafaruhana ba'da tafaruh wa ma'asuma wa la tada'afina wa la minna wa la ma'ana shaqi wa la ma'anuma. Wallah, accept the study of the hadith of Bukhari, ya rabbil alameen. Wallah, wallah, give us the reality of what has been discussed, ya rabbil alameen. Wallah, do not allow this to be a hujja against us. But oh Allah, oh Allah, give us a tawfiq to make amal and practice and propagate whatever we learned, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Oh Allah, oh Allah, grant us khatiman iman, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Oh Allah, allow us to die as Muslims and resurrect us as mu'mineen in the company of Nabiin, Siddiqeen, Shuddha, and Salihin, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Subhanahu wa rabbika rabbil izzati, amma yasifoon. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.